I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Hi, I'm Eric Young, the co-founder and CEO of Audios, and we're building the first fully wireless loudspeakers for venues and event spaces. With Audios, all you have to do is place the speakers where you want them and press the power button. The speakers automatically build their own wireless network, connect to each other, and start streaming. That means you have zero cables and zero cable replacements. A 300-person event that would take one hour to set up only takes 10 minutes with Audios. Our wireless speaker doesn't need Bluetooth, a Wi-Fi router, and has two patents granted. To learn more, go to republic.co forward slash audios. For a limited time only, anyone can invest and become a part owner. Hi, my name is Al. I am a father and I have two kids. I also ride a motorcycle. So please, check twice. Save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. For more information on sharing the road, visit mass.gov slash RMV. Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four persons, 019.
Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Are these your verdicts, so say you all, so say you all? Yes. yes. Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. What I'm gonna ask you to do now is to follow the deputy back into your usual room, and I will join you in a few minutes to answer questions and to advise you further. So, all rise for the jury. Be seated. With the guilty verdicts returned, we're going to have uh, Blakely, you may file a uh, written argument as to Blakely factors within one week. The court will issue findings on the Blakely factors, the factual findings, one week after that. We'll order PSI immediately returnable in four weeks. And we will also have a briefing on after you get the PSI six weeks from now and then eight weeks from now we will have sentencing we'll get you the exact dates uh in a scheduling order is there a motion on behalf of the state they would move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentencing. bail is revoked bond is discharged and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the hennepin county sheriff anything further all right thank you We're adjourned. Hey, thanks for watching our YouTube channel. You should know that you can follow today's top stories and breaking news and catch up on your favorite MSNBC shows all in one place. Download the NBC News app today. All right, we're back here at the booth broadcasting live from the City of Champions. As you can see, my guys are on here, Robert Resnick, Ken Diesel, and Eric Young, CEO, founder, and the vendor of Audios. Uh, I had some problems there with Zoom, rebooted up. I am praying to God that Zoom does not crash again. Hopefully, we can get through this. Um, I had my COVID shot yesterday, so I'm a little under the weather, I'm just a little sore. But I definitely want to make sure that we get this show out here in the way that it's supposed to go. And... Um, 
I'm going to start off this verdict. Uh, I'm going to let Ashquid start off and talk about this verdict. Guilty, Derek Chauvin, all three counts. I'm surprised at the fact that he uh, received guilty on all three counts. I thought he was going to get that, that single one, a third degree, but this one was right across the board. So I'm going to let you start off first, Ashquid. Yeah, I was very pleased to see the, the <clears throat> verdict, and it didn't come as much of a surprise to me because I was able to watch most of the of, of the trial. I didn't see every minute of it, but I was able to see a lot of it. And uh, during the course of the time, I saw that the prosecution presented an incredibly powerful case. And, you know, obviously you're stuck with the evidence that you have. You can't invent it. And so, you know, sometimes you don't have the strongest case and you have to do the best you can. Other times uh, there's an investigation, there's evidence, there are witnesses, there's what have you. In this case, there was that very powerful video. And I think that the more that they talked about it, the more that that made the jury uh, in line with the prosecution's theory of the case. I think the defense did a very good and credible job uh, with what they had to work with. Uh, this was always going to be about causation. I think they wasted some time talking about uh, trying to defend his tactics or his use of force, uh, the, the classic attack on the, you know, the angry, dangerous black man, which is just that that's not going to continue to work because our society is evolving past that. So that was a mistake. But they made excellent arguments on causation. And that gave me pause for a while because, you know, all it takes is one juror to have reasonable doubt. And when they really went through that issue on causation and some of the other medical evidence, I was wondering whether or not that would resonate with at least one juror. I'm glad to see that it did not. And so when the, when the verdict came in, Obviously, they start with the greatest charge, which is the second-degree murder charge. And when that was a guilty, then obviously the other ones were going to be guilty because those were lesser charges of the second-degree murder. So once he was found guilty of the most serious of the charges, then the fact that he was found guilty of the others uh, is was logical and, and easy to see. He, he won't stand convicted of all three. Uh, he'll be sentenced on the greatest of charges because it's the same thing. It's the same act. And so under double jeopardy in the Constitution, he won't actually stand convicted of all three charges. But for right now, he was convicted by the jury. And uh, and, and that'll be meaningful because if there's any appellate issues, if there's any uh, issues for the appellate court to negate the greater offense, he's still found guilty then of the lesser offense. So it'll be interesting to see how the judge does his sentencing. One of the things that Chauvin did on Monday, and the judge alluded to it at the end today, was he waived his right to have a jury uh, hear his sentencing factors, and he's uh, he's having the judge hear it. That was probably a smart move because the jury obviously has convicted him of murder, and they're not going to be susceptible. The judge is going to apply the law. So uh, this will be a, a, an entirely judge-done sentencing, and uh, I'm more interested now, obviously, in what the judge does for sentencing because there's uh, – you know, obviously, with the the second degree murder charge, he can he can go away for a long time. What could be effectively the rest of his life, for all intents and purposes. So, um, and, and it wouldn't. I mean, to me, that's justified, <laughs> quite frankly. But um, you know, we'll see what he gets. We'll see. You know, the defense has a job to do now. Probably the most important job it has, which is to try to mitigate his punishment. And I'm sure they're going to have something. Um, to put forth. They've been preparing for this knowing there was a great chance that he would be convicted of at least something and they would get to a sentencing hearing. So to, to, to wrap up my thoughts on this, um, I think that the prosecution did an incredibly good job. I was very impressed with them. Uh, and I think the defense did a good job. I don't think his closing was as strong as it could be. But at the same time, this case was proven. 
And that's what really has to happen. You have to prove these cases. Beyond a reasonable doubt really means something. And it's not hard for one juror on any given jury to be hung up on a particular element. And if that's true, as the judge instructs and as the law requires, then they can't convict. So uh, I think that's a, that's a credit to the investigation, to the witnesses who came forward and gave their powerful testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that video was, was key to this thing because there's no denying that. You can't watch that video and then believe that anything else caused the death of George Floyd other than Mr. Chauvin. So um, I, I was pleased with it. I think the council should be proud of themselves. Uh, I don't believe in celebrating verdicts because obviously this whole thing is, remains to be a tragedy. And it's only one step and a huge step that we need to take forward to fix the problems in our system. But this is a huge step forward. This is equivalent of, you know, of, uh, the, you know, the, the moon landing. So uh, I'm pleased to see it. And it's put, for me, it's putting a lot of cops on notice. Down in the bottom right-hand corner, my man Eric Young, CEO, founder, and inventor of Audios. He's back on here because he's going to be closing this out at April 30th. Uh, people had that chance to get that $100 down, so we wanted to bring him on tonight to talk about the importance of really getting in there real quick. But I really want him as a black man to speak on this because this case touched almost every black man in America, and this is a huge step in the right direction, as R squared said, it, it, this is big. This is putting a lot of bad cops on notice. I'm going to let you just get right into it and, and just plug your business in the importance of why people need to get in before April 30th. Oh, yeah. So the fundraising round ends on April 30th. Um, you just like 10 days left. Uh, we have over half a million dollars. Uh, and Audios is really going to make some real huge changes to the professional audio market. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to really, I kind of think we are talking about George Floyd, but yeah. So just, Hey, if you, you, you want, you're interested, you want to learn more, just go to republic.co forward slash audios. And, uh, I think we'll get right back to the George Floyd discussion. Well, give me your thoughts, man. Cause I know, you know, as a black man, you got to feel it, you know, and you got to feel yeah, it. Yeah. So, so as a, as a black man, I remember the morning. So when it, when initially, I think I want to talk about my perspective. So when it initially happened, I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth and then I get a notification. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, another black dude just got killed. Or I, I actually didn't know he was going to die. So I was watching it. It was it was sitting on the, on the countertop and then I'm watching it. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, he, he's going to take his, his foot off his neck. And I, I'm, I'm still brushing my teeth, getting ready for work. And I was like, he's not going to take his foot off his neck. So then I'm starting to get angrier and angrier. And then when I saw that he urinated, I knew that he was definitely dead at that point. And then I saw them pick him up. And when I tell you, I find, I had a rage in me. I felt the rage that I haven't felt in years. I was hyperventilating. I was so angry. It was, it was, it was beyond, it was so, it was, I was so enraged that I had to like check out of social media for a while. And so uh, I think this is a good day, but I'm still pessimistic. Uh, and and, and uh, I think Robert covered this, the, the case really well. He gave a breakdown, but in order to get a conviction, it has to be that graphic. Because what I know a lot of people, especially where I grew up, a lot of people may not understand my background, but I know a lot of people that have been killed and they won't get that justice, right? It, it won't be on film. So I don't think that it's the moon landing with all due respect, Robert. I think that we that was what was supposed to happen right so i think the moon landing is when someone gets convicted and it's not on tape 
and 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 the guy and the evidence is weak and the prosecution did a bad job to me that's a moon landing right but right now it's, what you're saying is the opposite every all of the everything was aligned we had graphic videotape it was evident the prosecution did an amazing job the jurors were competent you understand all of these things had to happen so that's my two cents no, we, we want to be able to get everybody's opinion. Like I said, I think it's a huge step in the in the right direction, as Robert said, because you know it's it's one of those things where it's we've been fighting this for a long time, a long time. We've seen it time and time again. I don't think we're really going to see the impact of this verdict until, like we said, and I think it's six weeks is when they're going to come out and they're going to you know sentence him. So we got another big step there. If if they go the way that Rob just said. It's going to be a big deal for bad cops. This is this right here for me is really putting bad cops on notice. And again, I've joked about this time and time again about we have become big brother because of us with our cell phones. We have truly become big brother. And this case says it right now. Ken, you're a defense attorney. Speak on this from being a defense attorney and, and, and working with people who are usually in his situation where... He was the bad guy because one of the things that I had talked about was that when the defense opened up their opening statements, the first thing they did was they brought up his past record. And I was like, that is the worst thing to do because his past record don't mean crap to the eight minutes and 46 seconds that was on his on his on his neck. It don't matter. That's where you're wrong. And I think what's important to understand is we crossed the Rubicon on this. If you remember the Rodney King take in 1992, that they they play they put Rodney King on trial and they won. And this has been the game plan for cops in excessive force cases, especially when there has been a death. And it's always worked. They've been unquestionably successful. This is the first time that the jury has said, we don't care what the victim was doing. What he was doing was not a capital offense. <clears throat> So I think this is a major point, and I think I think Mr. Young's point about when there's a conviction on a video is very, very on point, but got to walk before you run. This is the first time we put the victim on trial and the jury says, we don't care. And that's the important thing that we need to understand. The prosecution got it right. They did it by the freaking numbers. This is what we like to as we say. They did it right. They came in there with their evidence, with their experts. And as Robert pointed out, they clearly show the, the, the relationship between the action of the defendant and the results, naming, naming the death of this individual. And I think the fact we've hit critical mass with regarding to excessive force used by police officers. And I think this is going to scare a lot of police officers because they're not going to be able to say, oh, we were scared. Oh, we thought he was going to harm us blah, 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 all the excuses they've been using for the past 120 years just went out the window. And I also want to say something very important. The prosecution was smart. They did a great job of putting this case, and they did an excellent job of trying to ratchet down all the things that everybody's trying to ratchet up. They didn't make this about race. They didn't make it about a white cop and a black defendant. They didn't make it about excessive police brutality. They somebody said, hey, that was a human being over there. He got his put. He got his neck crushed by another human being, and that's the only thing we're going to concentrate on. 
And that's the important thing. And right now, if I'm a, from a defense counsel point of view, I think everybody who's defending cops accused excessive force, they need to go back to school because boys, girls, others, the game has changed. Well, one of the things that hit me hard, um, and Harry Green just put in the chat, Harry Green said, if he appeals it, do you think it will not be aired? So if he is found guilty, it will stop the rights. Well, he's already been found guilty. We're, we're headed to sentencing right now. So an appeal is definitely going to be, it's going to happen. I mean, we knew the Boston bomber was going to appeal when he went, you know, was found guilty. We knew the bomber was his defense was going to appeal right away. So whatever he gets on this sentencing in six weeks, I'm pretty sure they're going to draw together an appeal process, which is as I squared said, he has every right to, um, but I don't, I don't think there'll be any riding or anything of that. sort. No, but, but here's the thing. Let me, if I may, and this is the problem people don't understand about an appeal. And Rob can back me up on this. When you appeal a verdict, you cannot appeal the facts in the underlying case, only the law. Unless the judge made a mistake of law that caused reversible error, the verdict is going to be upheld. And I really don't see where they're going to get that issue of law to be overturned. It clearly meets the legal standard based on the facts presented for a manslaughter conviction. Mm. That's number one. I don't think there's any problems with the jury selection, although I didn't watch it. Rob, maybe you can give it. Was was were, was any of the jurors improperly excluded? I don't think so. No. Was there any type of undue influence from the jurors? Did they read a publication and do something else when they wouldn't? The one, the one, the one juror who got the text from the mother-in-law about the Maxine Waters comment. That was that was the only one thing that almost derailed this whole. Yes, but the judge made a curative instruction, and I think and most appellate courts rely heavily on curative instructions, although I personally think they're worthless. But there's an incredible amount of jurisprudence and precedent on curative instructions, so that doesn't happen. So I don't see this verdict being overturned. Yes, there's going to be an appeal, and there should be an appeal. This is why you have a lot of faith in the judicial system, because we're always double-checking and triple-checking our work. So, I mean, I think it's more important what he gets for a sentence. I think that's going to yes. be a major issue. I was shocked that they got a guilty verdict. I was expecting not guilty. I really was. And I'm going to be very surprised if, if, if this results in a lengthy prison time. I think he's going to get a time served or a very short prison time of under two years. Wow, really? I don't, they're, not going to put, they're not going to put a cop behind bars. Because cops in prisons don't do well. And I think that's going to be a major factor. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to hammer that point home, that the cops don't, that he's being punished, not for the manslaughter, but for being a cop. And because of publicity. And they're going to say, look, it's regrettable. I'm sorry. But adding another body to the pile isn't going to bring George Floyd back. Yeah, but you guys, you, you guys are talking about manslaughter. He was convicted of second-degree murder. And he's going to get sentenced a heck of a lot more than two years. Because he was convicted of the greatest offense. He wasn't convicted of just manslaughter. If this was a manslaughter case, I would agree with you. He was convicted of second-degree murder, and that's what he's going to be sentenced for. He won't get as much time as people want. I'm sure that's true. Uh, you know, People will want to see him maxed out for what he did, and that may not happen because you know, we don't know what's going to be presented yet. Uh, but in you know in six weeks we'll know, and I think then you'll get the final public reaction to that. When the appeal happens in two years – you know, people will pay attention to it because this case is still going to be well known 
It won't have the attention that it has today, uh, so people will react to it, but I think that it'll be a, a different type of, of reaction. From, from watching the trial, you asked me this question. Uh, I don't believe, I've done a lot of appellate work, I, I don't believe that I see a reversible error. I'm not a Minnesota lawyer, and I'm certainly not privy to what the Minnesota appellate court is going to say, but I, I personally did not observe something that I think would be reversible error that would overturn this conviction. That said, I can tell you that the parties themselves have acknowledged that there are or were hundreds of objections and evidentiary rulings that will be uh, preserved for appeal. And, you know, it, it's entirely possible that one of those will have legs in a purely esoteric legal manner. And you don't know what an, an appellate court's going to think about because, like you say, Ken, they're not going to be reviewing the facts of the case. They're not going to be reviewing the trial per se. They're going to strictly be looking at a, at a legal issue. And what does the law say? What does precedent say? What, uh, you know, what do they have to do if, in fact, the judge made an error? Now, even if the judge made an error, it doesn't mean it's going to be a reversible error or get relief for Derek Chauvin. But, uh, you know, but there are going to be hundreds of issues considered for appeal, and, and you never know if something sticks or not. But again, I don't think that there's reversible error that has been con uh, committed in this case. I do believe the convictions will stand, uh, and therefore, Derek Chauvin will remain convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced by what the judge does in, in six weeks. That's why I'm so intrigued by that. If I could circle back to, you know, the point that I was making earlier – was such that when you want to when you want to have a huge change of some kind when you want to achieve something critically important then you have to have a public event you have to have something that changes the dynamic you have to have society see that it's possible and that's what my reference was that the entire american population whether they watched it live or not everybody's going to hear about this this is the story in the news it has been uh, you'd have to intentionally hide to not at least know what happened and so every american is going to at least know they might not care about the details but they're going to know that police officer derek chauvin was convicted of murder and, and I think that that is the milestone event that I'm talking about that, yeah, we could talk about why this was such a special case. In fact, we did. We talked about the video and everything else and the witnesses and all that made it such a powerful case. Everything lined up right. But what the American population is going to know, the people who don't watch the news all day or the people that are just going to hear about it are going to see a sea change that it finally happened, that there was a major conviction in one of these cases. And, and I'm not trying to overstate it. Because I know there are going to be some disappointing results still to come because it doesn't change overnight. But this is a huge milestone in that regard because it does change the dynamic. And, and it's not going to happen immediately overnight in 100% of cases because right. we know that. Uh, and we're going to have to watch some of these other cases that we're already aware of. But I do believe that this is that, that I don't, I don't know what, what phrase I'm looking for, but it's that change that society is going to recognize where they're going to know that it could happen. And that's an important step. And I think what, what Eric is, is it's, oh, it's, it's still that anger there. So, yep. But you no, know, no, it's, you, not, it's not, it's no? not anger. Like it's okay. not anger. What, I, I checked out of social media. I'm saying that this, uh, I absolutely, um, I disagree with what, what you're saying. I believe that when an officer gets con, uh, convicted for, uh, fearing for their lives. Now that's that's huge, right? This was a this was a slam dunk. That's what I'm saying. And also, he's not the first officer to can get to get convicted. Now I acknowledge that it was uh, highly publicized, but 
no, this is not this is not progress. Progress is when the, the laws regarding uh, you fearing for your life, the deadly force laws are changed. Those that's when I acknowledge that yo something is really changed. There's a shift when a person has reasonable doubt, right? When a person has reasonable doubt and the officer is still convicted, there was no doubt what happened. There was no doubt, no matter who you are, when you saw what you saw, there was no doubt what happened, right? But yeah, there's no anger. This is this is just us having a discussion. There could easily have been reasonable doubt on the causation issue because the defense did put forth a lot of effort uh, and, and, and evidence on that. Uh, and so it would not have surprised me if at least one juror got hung up on it. I'm glad to see that that didn't happen. That's what I'm saying. So reasonable doubt where 10 jurors are saying, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe it was justified. That's when, but you know, and I know, we know that this person should not have been murdered. So that's what I'm saying. If from, as a black person, and that's why I'm speaking for people like myself, I think we, I can't speak for everybody, like, excuse me. So I just saying for me personally, I feel like the, the way that you're describing it, we've made progress when I see those types of convictions. This conviction, right. this conviction, I, I agree. This I agree conviction, 100%. it's like, all right, cool, he should have been convicted. Yeah, yeah I, but, I, but I here's the thing. Wait, 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 let me just finish my point. I, I, I agree 100%. The point is that this conviction makes those other harder convictions more possible. That's that's what I was trying to say. So, ahead, so Ken, do, you think this, do you think this will roll into now? Because we've got the Kim Potter incident where she mistakenly, and that was, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. She mistakenly pulled her gun instead of a taser. She's hit with a second degree manslaughter. I mean, this rolls in. Is she a bad cop? I, I don't think she was a bad cop, but again, it's a, it's another issue here where we've seen time and time again. Um, if you believe if you believe she mistook her taser for her firearm for a taser, turns to one. When I got a lovely bridge in Brooklyn, I'm dying to sell you. I, I can't speak I for you I, that, look. No, I am saying I, this. I am saying this is a criminal defense attorney. If my client came to me with that defense, I'd throw out of my office. I said, "Don't try that because that make you look like an idiot." And if I can say, to, getting back to, uh, to a point that uh, Rob made, yes, you're right. He was convicted of second-degree murder, and I should have qualified my statement. I firmly believe they're going to file motions to vacate the top count second-degree murder, and I'm afraid they're going to get it. Okay, hold because on. Let me, let, me, let me just pause right here because Eric's going to go get on his other call uh, for this, this meeting that he has for audio. So real quick, uh, give me your, uh, all your social media and stuff so we can get you out of here. Up, oh, you're muted. It's Mr. Patents uh, on Instagram, M R P A T E N T S, and it's by Audios, B U Y A U D I O S, so the word Audios with an S. Yeah, you can find. I mean, I think this is more of a, a serious topic, so I definitely didn't want to talk about <laughs> the, the business opportunity investment. Yeah, this is a big. This is a big moment, yeah, man. Yeah. And as long as you got to mention it, this is this was a big moment. You know, even yeah. though we had a great discussion. It's a big moment for us. It's a, it's like I said. I, I'm I'm confused right now as to how to feel about it. I I, I just want to get to the six week mark, and um, we can go from there and see what happens with that conviction. But I want to thank you for coming on and speaking with us on this topic, man, because this was great discussion. All right, yeah, thank you for having me on. You know, salute to Robert and Ken for for your commentary, and you guys have a great day. All right, take care, man. Thank you. All right. The chat is popping, guys. It's it's really popping, and um, I want to hear Ken's answer though, because 
Ken is a really uh, strong intellect in the law, and I mean that in a serious way. And you were about to say why you think that second-degree murder charge yes. might not stand. I'd love to hear your theory of that because I think it will. Well, here, here's the this is the reason why. The, one of the most important things you need for a second-degree murder or any murder is the intent angle. Mm-hmm. Manslaughter, you don't. Manslaughter can be a you know, negligence or a gross negligence standard. My problem has always been with this entire case was what was the intent for him to kill? Clearly he intended to do the actions that he did and that gets you the manslaughter. No question about it. They clear that bar. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. easy. But then the intent angle, because in murder, you've got to intent to, to deprive this person of his life, not be stupid, not be an idiot. And that's the problem I'm having with. And granted, I, unfortunately, because the work I was doing, didn't have an opportunity to see a lot of testimony. And I only heard bits and pieces of it. And I'm Rob, I'm going to defer to you because I know you made. Well, I I wish I could share it at the moment. I don't have it. But one of the nice things about being, you know, in the classroom is I spent the beginning of each of my classes uh, while this trial was going on, inviting the students to share their observations. I was asking them to watch what they could, or even if they were reading accounts, was to ask questions. And we had some, we, we actually spent an hour sometimes uh, uh, talking about these things. And, and I gave them the Minnesota statutes, what second degree murder is, what third degree murder is, and all that. Uh, and and I, think, I think they do have evidence, certainly not, I mean, there was, there the only thing that they have to show is that was there a basis for the jury's decision on second degree murder? And there was. Uh, and so the appellate court may disagree with it, but they would have to find that there was no rational basis at all to overturn it. And, and that's where I don't think they could make it. I, was, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and, and, and that's definitely going to be an issue. You're right. I don't know that the appellate court can substitute. They're not supposed to substitute their own judgment for the jury's. They're only supposed to find. They have to find whether there was a rational basis for the jury to have reached its conclusion on that. And I and I think that that's enough of a hurdle that the appellate court won't be able to touch it. Based on my review, I could be wrong. I didn't see every minute of the trial, but that's that, that's that's sort of well, my starting well, that, point. That's my without, question. Yeah. I saw virtually nothing of the trial, so let me ask you this: If you can give me a thumbnail, what was the facts that would support the intent part of the statute, if, if you can. Yeah, I'll just give you a couple because I don't want to monopolize this thing here, but there are a few things. And, and first of all, you have the video itself. I mean, nine minutes and 20 seconds is a lot different than 20 seconds, right? And so he had he had ample time, as they showed in the very beginning of the trial, where they just played it and let people sit there for the nine minutes of uncomfortable silence. And Derek Chauvin had ample time to realize what he was doing and and make an adjustment. And instead, what the video shows is he was cinching it in. He was he was more firmly placing himself on the neck rather than releasing the pressure on the neck. So the video itself shows that for the nine minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it wound up being, that he was actually increasing his pressure, not decreasing it. The other thing that you could show is how unnecessary it was. That's why all the use of force experts were were critical because they were all showing that George Floyd by that point had been in complete submission. It didn't matter that he had resisted earlier because at that point he was cuffed, he was prone, he 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 wasn't moving, he wasn't resisting in any in any manner whatsoever. Then you have his own pleas about being in distress, uh, which should have 
triggered something. You had concerns about uh, some of the, the bystanders. You had concerns about paramedics that were coming on the scene. You had concerns from the 911 operator that, that called back mm-hmm. to say something's wrong here. So all of this evidence, and Chauvin was obviously the single factor. He's like the common denominator. He knew all of these things. And by him insisting on staying there, uh, I, I, think, I think there's enough evidence of intent. It's not premeditation for first-degree murder, although I think you could actually make the argument for it. I did in my classroom to show them how it would work, um, and I think it was interesting as a, as a concept. But second-degree, I definitely think there's evidence for the jury to convict on intent. We'll I see. See. So you are, you're arguing that because the time elapsed, if he had taken his knee off, right after 30 seconds and you don't think you got the intent but because he kept it on so long after the police and doing things that created the intent yeah when you put it all together in that sequence of events because you always prove i mean you know this as a lawyer ken but for the other listeners in unless somebody confesses which is not as common as the tv shows make it believe uh you know they're not all donnie Wahlberg in there and uh so the uh they have to prove intent. Prosecution always has to prove intent by circumstantial evidence. You almost always, I mean, you almost rarely have an actual confession on that. And so this is one of the strongest circumstantial cases I've seen to prove intent with that, without a confession, of course. Uh, and that's why I'm saying that. And this is why it's so important to see the entire trial, because I've, up until you mentioned those things, I was not aware they existed. Unfortunately, I was getting snippets. Yeah, but you, you, you had to be in court, and I got the, the luxury of watching most of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm very, you know, I mean, it was an awful thing, and it wasn't even fun to watch. But I, I'm, I'm pleased that I was able to because it was professionally edifying for me, uh, and I was able to talk to my students about it in a way that they really appreciated, and 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 it helped me to understand all the evidence too, to see it that way. Um, you know, there were things I would have done differently on both sides, more so the defense, but. Um, I think that you know the prosecution lived up to its promises and they went faster than expected. The defense was much faster than expected because they realized they had to give up a couple of things and Chauvin wasn't going to testify, which was the smartest thing they did. But uh, so the whole trial went much faster than expected, including the deliberations. So I think there's a lot of positives for the justices. And this is this is the point I wanted to make earlier, too. I don't think Eric understood because, you know, he doesn't have the background that we have. So we kind of speak in shorthand, the three of us, but he didn't pick up on this. But my point was that this case is not really about Floyd and Chauvin, although it is. This case is about the justice system. This case is about the rule of law. And so when, you know, when people were already preparing to protest the verdict before they ever heard it, I found that problematic because what we're supposed to be fighting for is the rule of law and the justice system. And and when, when the jury started to deliberate, every pundit that I saw said, wow, this was an amazing trial. It was a fair trial. It was a properly conducted trial. The judge gave proper rulings. The defense did its job incredibly well. The prosecution did its job incredibly well. It doesn't mean we all wouldn't have done something a little differently. There are a million ways to prosecute or defend a case. But the fact is, no matter what we would have done differently or wished they had done differently, um, they did an amazing job on both sides, I, I think. And so, you know, if, if in fact a juror had gotten hung up on a causation element or something like that, uh, which I thought was was entirely possible, then, you know, that wouldn't have been uh, – I mean it would have been a travesty in the sense that we all know Chauvin is guilty of these offenses – 
but that's the way the system is supposed to work. And, and I don't know what would have, I think there would have been a really bad result. Um, you know, Maxine Waters was already there ready to protest, but, mm. um, you know, and, and, and so the problem is when you, st- when you start, so start telling people that the judge of justice is whether somebody is convicted, that's the wrong answer. It's whether the trial was done properly. And, and each of those jurors, you know, obviously they did a great job protecting their identities, which I think is important. But, you know, they paid attention. They obviously got to the right result by far, definitely the right result. Um, But, you know, what if they didn't? What if they were talking in the deliberation room and there was a legitimate issue? As the judge said, if you believe that the evidence is that there's proof beyond a reasonable doubt, then the fair thing to do is convict. If you think that there's not evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, then the fair thing to do is not to convict. That's a paraphrase, but that's kind of what he gave in his final instruction. Mm. And that's what a fair trial is about. And, and so I don't want people to walk because the jury nullifies the, the police officer's behavior, which we've seen before. That's a travesty. But when a jury gets a fair, well-tried case in front of it, then that's the right answer. And, and so I'm thrilled that it went this way. But if, 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 you know, if he had been acquitted or even if it was a hung jury and there was violence in the streets around the country tonight, that would have been a bigger travesty. Yeah, you know, wow, great stuff, guys. Great stuff to have you guys on for this first half hour. Um, Ken, is there anything you want to add to this? Because, it, it, like I said, I watched this case, and, you know, one of the things that they said was is that this case changed a lot as to how things should be done. Uh, one of the things that I heard today from an analyst, uh, they said they also think the fact that this trial being broadcast all over the internet and social media and TV live made a big difference also. Uh, They said there was a lot of things that didn't happen that usually happens in court, but it didn't happen because they brought those cameras into the courtroom. Um, And someone alerted to sometimes these shenanigans that the defense or prosecutors play. Everybody had to be... Everybody was on camera and everybody had to be on there... P's and Q's. They had the goddamn P's and Q's to do it professionally. No, 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 no. Whoever said that's an idiot. First of all, it was on TV. They were they were talking about it on TV. First of all, they're an idiot. Number two, they don't know the history. First of all, Mm -hmm. trials have been broadcast live for at least they 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 have been, but they said never of this stature. What they what they're Uh, saying is is never of this stature. I disagree. And not only that, trials are are done in public for exact same reason that you Mm -hmm. alluded to. That everyone's got to be on their P's and Q's, whether they're broadcast, whether you have a hundred people, a million people, or two people. I'm telling you this as a criminal defense attorney. There is, you know, when I do my trials, none of them has been broadcast live. They're not that that uh, I don't know what you want to call. Them. They're important to the people who are trying them, but they're not socially impact. You always got to be careful of what people are going to say or take away from your trial. And you're always careful about that. But I think the important thing that the people don't understand is. We crossed a Rubicon about something. The defense has always been about cops is putting the defendant on trial. And no matter what they did, as long as the defendant was a bad guy, you got away with that. That broke down today. This that's, is a, so that's so that's the bigger thing here. The yes. fact that people who are in court on that defense side now have a little bit more yes. to look at. They got a lot more to look at. Uh, if I'm doing a de- if I'm doing a defense case like this, I got to drastically change my game plan because now I can't rely on what you used to be able to, re- to rely on. It's gone. It is gone. It's stick a fork in him. He, you know, he's done. You know. So 
So I'm going to ask you. So I'm going to ask you guys from a legal aspect: Is this one of these cases where years and years and years from now that they'll refer to as a precedent being set? Yes. You're uh, going to look at. I, I I don't think so, but I guess we'll see. Um, we'll see. Maybe after the appellate decision comes down, if there's any you know legal issue that gets resolved, such as you know one of these objections, or, or whether they sustain the second degree murder charge, as Ken was talking about, or uh, you know some of the other issues, then then that might be interesting. I think you know that the evidence was so powerful and overwhelming in this case that I, I hope that everything Ken just said is exactly right because I think that would be the right answer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there aren't still defense teams out there that wouldn't still try it because it's usually all they have. And, you know, it didn't work in this case because you had that damn video or that great video, as I should say, because that there was no way to show that George Floyd was any threat to those police officers when you watch the video. But excuse me, I think that there are going to be cases where the the defense still uses that because it's all they have to try to, you know, use that. Well, we were in in fear for our lives thing. We had to make a split second decision. I think you're still going to find uh, aspects of society that are sympathetic to it that may force them to defend it better, to explain it better. They may not be as quick to support it like they used to be. And and maybe you could look to this case as the precedent in that way. But I I think it's still out there because – well, I, I, I just well, think that sometimes that's Ken, all they have. It's always going to be out there because sometimes, as Robert said, and you've said exactly what I would have said because sometimes it's the only thing I have. I go with what I have. The old joke is if you're weak on the law, you argue the facts. If you're weak on the facts, you argue the law. If you're weak on both, you argue like hell. <laughs> but a couple of things. Yes, we had this great video. But I think since when you alluded to this earlier in the program, that we've become Big Brother, there are this isn't 30 years ago where videotapes are everybody's got a cell phone with a camera. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible amount of surveillance out there between traffic cams and private security cams, and everything out there. So you can't go any place without a video out there. So this idea that well, it'll be different if there's no video. Well, there's always video now. There's now body cams on police officers, which is incredible. Yeah. I'll give you a, a prime example. I have a case out in Springfield where the body cam is both great and horrible for my guy because some of the things he's, he's saying are absolutely true, which I thought was complete and utter nonsense, and they're backing it totally up. But there's other things down there that didn't make it in the police report, which the DA is going, oh, my God, this, this, and this should have been the police report. Why didn't you tell us type of thing? <clears throat> so it's like, you know, a double-edged yeah. sword. I don't know if it's going to make a, a, a big impact or not, but it definitely is. So I think that, yes, and not only that, I think the prosecution should be given incredible kudos about how they did it. And I think this is going to be the game plan going forward on how to prosecute cops. I think everybody's going to look to this prosecution and say, aha, that's how you do it. That's how we're going to do it. Well, I was yeah, very happy that the judge... You've got me that, on that one. The, the judge actually spanked the Minnesota Police Department for releasing certain... St- videos strategically to try to derail or do whatever they were trying to do. But uh, the judge did spank them on that. And I was, I was very happy. Like I said, I'm I'm real happy at the judge who oversaw this case. He did a great job overseeing this case. Um, He, he, he instructed the jurors correctly. Um, They said that his instructions were so good that these jurors never once during the 10 hours had to ask to, for any 
questions of the judge. They said he gave such great instructions, explained it so well that they were able to go in and get it done within 10 hours. Um, and that was glad to hear that was done. Um, I know we guys got to get out of here. We got to get a half out, but I want you guys to just real quick before we get out of here, this is going on the other side of the situation here and, and the body cams. I got to ask this real quick because you brought up body cams. And it's, it's starting to bug me a little bit. All of a sudden now, when we have these type of incidents, police officers and police departments now are releasing body cam footage to either try to exonerate their officers, or for me, I feel like they're doing it to avoid liability, as we saw with Kim Potter and her error. You know, her error. Everybody was ready to riot. Everybody's throwing it. You're going back and forth with social media, and then all of a sudden the police department releases the body cam, and we see that she made a humongous grave error. It wasn't a racial thing. It was, she pulled her, you know, and, and like Ken said, it's BS. A lot of people, a lot of cops, Frank Zanowski, a lot of people, cops out there are saying it's BS. So I'm going to listen to a lot of the cops who are telling me it's BS. But then we also have in Chicago, they released the body cam footage within 48 hours of the 13-year-old boy being shot. How do you guys feel on that real quick before I get you guys out of here? Uh, I'll, I'll start with Ken first as a defense attorney. Well, you know, the problem is, as a defense attorney, I always want the information out there as soon as possible. And I think, yeah, I think they should be releasing it. As long as they don't release edited footage, either release it all or don't release any of it. Don't put out, you know, edited footage. And I think that's important because when you go out there and say, this is the evidence we have, it's a way of de-escalating the situation and also shows a level of transparency. You can argue what that, what that means, but at least it's out there. And it's not going to change over time. So, yes, I think they should release it. Um, I'm going to switch gears with the same question, but i got to ask uh, Squared this, who was in the military, um, and military has had body cams for a, a long time, correct? Yes. And with police officers, now they have this situation where we've got this one in Hawaii where they shut the body cam off before and then turned it on after. And now there's this discussion now about turning... T uh, body cams off is tampering with evidence. Your thoughts on that and the body cam situation? Yeah, every jurisdiction has its own rules about the body cameras. And for the most part, there's a pretty good consistency in the rules that you can't turn it off, that they're supposed to, they're, they're, they're either supposed to go on automatically when a call comes in or they're supposed to be on. Uh, and, and so it is an offense to turn them off. Now, it may be obviously a far less lesser offense than let's say murder if you you know if you do something mm -hmm. like that you, you may be better off having turned off your camera and getting punished for that rather than being convicted by the footage but um you know but the, the point is that they'll get used to it and you'll have fewer people abusing the body cameras because they'll be trained with it from day one in the academies and that'll just be the way of life that they're you know that being filmed when they're on official duties at all times and you know, people will stop turning them off at, at some point on that. It, it, you know, it's interesting, you know, to, about what you said about releasing the video. I have mixed feelings about it because okay. I've always believed that an investigation should be private until it's completed and, 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 you know, evidence for a criminal trial should be somewhat protected until it's presented in, in trial, both to protect the jury, both to avoid being, you know, the, the case tried in the media. There are all kinds of reasons for that. I understand the value of it, but 
most of that value is because everybody's, you know, sort of thinking that they're entitled to something. And I don't believe people are entitled to anything. I certainly don't think the media is entitled to anything prematurely. That is they're mm -hmm. entitled to cover it, but they're not entitled to this, you know, this footage. And so I think we have to be very, very careful about crafting the rule that we think is right, that that protects the sanctity of the process more so than anything else. Uh, and it may be that that involves <laughs> releasing footage. And then, you know, Ken said unedited footage. You know, we talked about this with the lieutenant that was uh, pulled over in, in Virginia. And I don't agree with everything that Mr. Tatum said on his show. But on his show, he showed the entire video, which the news media never showed. They showed the same tired clips that was very one-sided. And when you look at the, the entire video that, that he had on his show, um, like I said, I don't agree with all of his commentary, but it shows a very different situation um, as to how it developed in the first place and, and how they conducted themselves in a more broader perspective i still think there's some criticism there but it's not quite the same thing as you know those bits and pieces that were being shown all over the media so um you know that that, that these things are good and bad uh, you just have to you know kind of play it out i guess and, and i think there just needs to be a very deliberate policy that takes into account the sanctity of the process first and yeah foremost. It, ha it has to be across the board um training has to be done correctly um, like I said, with this whole thing with the Kim Potter incident, um, the police chief, the police chief in that situation also stepped down, um, in the Brooklyn center. Um, and I felt maybe that's because she wasn't trained properly in the use of the taser, which is why maybe that's why he stepped down that, that chief. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of cops out there were saying there's yeah. no way in hell that mistake should have been made. A lot yeah, of cops. I I've heard that. No, nobody seems to believe that. The only thing that I would say, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with all the police officers that are trained and, and know how unlikely that would be. I would just say that when you watch the video, her reaction seems to be fairly genuine. So, so that's the one thing that cuts in her favor. Now, either way, even 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 if her story is true, it's still manslaughter. Right and, right, and and in that case, you don't have the same circumstantial evidence of intent for second-degree murder or third-degree murder that you might have like we had for Derek Chauvin. So, you know, everybody's now going to compare that case to this one, and, and they're not the same. They're, they're no, very, they're very nope. different cases. But, but people are going to compare them, they and they're going to say, <laughs> you know, and so I, I still think that there's a very strong manslaughter case against her if that's what they decide to do. But I don't think she's anything like Derek Chauvin, and I don't think that the fact patterns are the same. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in that video that was just, just it was it was a tough watch, real tough watch. But uh, hey, guys, we're at the top of the hour. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I love the fact that I can hit these guys up when something like this happens and get these guys right on here. You know, I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else but these two guys uh, when we have something of this sort. Um, other than that... Um, uh, Squid, did you see Godzilla versus Kong yet, or are you still waiting to get not, your second not, shot? Not, not yet. I get my second shot tomorrow, and then uh, assuming, you know, in about a week or so that it's still in the theaters, I think I might go see it in the theater. So, mm, uh, We got a lot of people in chat. Kevin Jeffries, yep, she's been on the force for 26 years. Uh, Vianna Marie says she was trained for years. There's no excuse. Stop the bleeding hot BS and hold her accountable. <laughs> you know what? And she's she's probably going to be held accountable. We're going to have all eyes watching this one here. Oh, she is. It's going to be a manslaughter case. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll see. We might not see the coverage like we saw this one, but th there will definitely be coverage on this one. Um, and real quick, Oscar, you've been you you teach. 
Uh, can you talk with your teaching? You've had some great cases to discuss with your kids in these last two or three years. You've had some. This has been amazing for you, real quick. I got. What has it been like with your students? You know, it's been it's been interesting. I'm sorry, Ken. Did you want to say anything before? No, I just want to say goodbye to everyone. I got to get going. I'm terribly sorry. Great show, but I got to get going. No problem. Thanks for coming on, Ken. All right. I'll, I'll just answer the question. You know, it's been it's been great. And, and you know, I guess uh, I, I guess for good or bad, you know, there are always going to be cases out there of, of one nature or another. But, yeah, you know, I I begin each of my class sessions and every class I teach with uh, requiring the students to tell me what they're seeing in the real world or or even on social media or pop culture or something like that because the textbook is only so good. And when you can look at something that's really going on, whether it's a storyline on a show or, or, or a case like this, then we can talk about it each time. And I find it's far more valuable. So some of the students are paying attention. They're enjoying the conversation. Some of them are zoning out and they're not paying attention to, you know, wow. to any of it. But, you know, so it's interesting. So, you know, that's always going to be true. And you, so you, you try to reward the ones that are paying attention and trying to learn from these things. The other piece of it is, you know, they're supposed to go out and find some of these cases. So some of them find cases that I haven't yet seen that we can talk about, which is which is good. But it's just they're great illustrations, you know, to to break them down because you you know, you take the clip that you see in the news, let's say, and then we say, okay, we all know that you need all the facts before you can make an opinion, before you can start, you know, prosecuting or defending or, or whatever else. And we really try to break down what do we know? What questions do we need to answer? If we make assumptions about those answers, what would we then do about it? You know, for charges, for for trial strategy, for defense strategy, for punishment, you know, all these different things. And uh, I, I think it's very helpful for them, you know, to be able to walk through these actual cases. So I, I, I've enjoyed that aspect of it. And like I said, there's, for better or worse, no shortage of examples out there in the real world. Yeah, I'm like a teacher's pet, man, because I know if I was in your class and these cases, and we were discussing these real-time, real-life cases as they happen, I think I would be at the well, top of that class, man. I'd be ready to go to your class every day just yeah, to break some this of them, down. Some of them are very motivated. I will say yeah. this, though, because the, the problem is that they're, they're obviously human beings first, and they should be, and they're young, mm. right? They're, they're 18, 19, 20, mm. uh, 21, I guess you know, undergraduate students for the most part. I, do, I teach some graduate classes, but not those aren't the ones where we do this. And, you know, they're full of emotion. They're full of anger. They're full of frustration. I, I teach, I guess I didn't say this before, or at least not tonight, but the majority of my students are students of color. I teach in a majority minority school. So I'm the minority in my school. And, um, and, and so I have a lot of students, obviously they're students of color, but many of them come from different backgrounds, including the neighborhoods where a lot of this violence is, that they've been exposed to it much of their lives. And so when a case like this happens, they're angry about it. And I would never tell them that they shouldn't be because I get the frustration of the individual case and I get the frustration of the ongoing problems with our system, whether it's law enforcement or, or biases in the criminal justice system, I totally get it. But being angry about it is not how you're going to change it. Being angry might motivate you, but we need to learn about it. We need to look for these examples and say, what went wrong here? How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. You know, and so we need to learn about these cases. So I'm trying to break it down for them in a non-emotional way. Uh, and some of them can't get there. So that's where there could be a breakdown sometimes. I don't fault them for it. 
but uh, but you can't you can't have a discussion if it's going to be fueled by emotion you have to be able to look at something and and break it down and and then you know process it wow great stuff hey man i want to thank you for coming on for the half hour with ken and talking about this the best we could you know this is this is what we do here on the booth and i am so proud to have you guys be able to come on whenever we have topics of this sort so Thank well, you stay again. well. We'll see you soon. Enjoy yeah, the rest of the it, show. Yeah, you got to hit me up when you uh, see Godzilla versus Kong. I'm not going to ruin it for I you. I will. I will. All right. All right. We're going to take a Good quick night. break. We'll be back here with more booth after this. I didn't want to come to work today. No PTO, so I showed up. My boss for the mind games and things. And I wish you would know us. My boss is a whole. That's about how I feel. 40 hours, listen to this mother. Just keeping it so real But you can't be thinking about those things That will slow your game, make you deranged So you gotta do you, only you can change When it's time to celebrate your- At Audios, our engineers have created a breakthrough in wireless loudspeakers We developed a new way to experience sound Audios, the future of loudspeakers Hi, I'm Eric Young, the co-founder and CEO of Audios, and we're building the first fully wireless loudspeakers for venues and event spaces. With Audios, all you have to do is place the speakers where you want them and press the power button. The speakers automatically build their own wireless network, connect to each other, and start streaming. That means you have zero cables and zero cable replacements. A 300-person event that would take one hour to set up only takes 10 minutes with Audios. Our wireless speaker doesn't need Bluetooth, a Wi-Fi router, and has two patents granted. To learn more, go to republic.co forward slash audios. For a limited time only, anyone can invest and become a part owner. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm your neighbor from just down the street. I also ride a motorcycle, so please check twice. Save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. For more information on sharing the road, visit mass.gov slash RMV. This is Bianca Marie, and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com. All right, your boy since the one broadcasting live from the City of Champions back here in the booth, and I'm just putting my headphones away because <laughs> uh, I won't need those. <clears throat> oh, man. Ooh, good stuff. Great stuff. And let me just get myself back in here for you guys. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm here. I'm back here in the booth broadcasting live for the City of Champions. And um, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Great show. Thank you, R-Squared. Thank you, Ken Diesel. Thank you, all the guys, for coming on tonight, for helping me out with this show. And um, it's good stuff. And I'm just ready to get into this show and pretty much do what I got to do. Got to close it out. Michael Douglas Barreto is my sponsor. 
Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. If I have my controller that's broken, send it out to him within 24, 48 hours. I'm good to go. I'm back in action and ready to do this. You know, I'm holding it down. Um, I'm just, don't mind me. Like I said, I had my second COVID shot yesterday, so I'm a little sore. But I wanted to do this show tonight and uh, get this going for you guys and roll on. So I got to thank my guest last week, Deborah Driggs, for coming on, former playmate for a Playboy in Cinefold. Did a good show last week. Got to mention that. I got to thank Eric Young for coming on. Again, you got to get in before August 30th and make sure you put your $100 down. He's at half a million right now. Um, he's got 500000 514000 I think, in investments. So you want to get in before April 30th, before it moves on to the big investors and get in on it. Um, also, my sponsors, RebelRom.com. Check out my cousin's clothing website at www.RebelRom.com. You guys saw some pictures of us at the range last week, TacticalTargetSystems.com. You want to head over there and pick up some zombie targets. As you guys saw, my son and his girlfriend went to the range with us, Brianna, and she went you know, shooting for the first time down at the Boston Gun and Rod Club in Boston on Faulkner Street and um, straight bullseyes. So I'm adding her to my zombie apocalypse <laughs> crew. I don't care. Anybody who can blow off headshots at 50 yards or blow off bullseyes, look, my squad's getting deep. So if the zombie apocalypse does happen, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, Viana Marie, all of her music is on all streaming platforms worldwide. Check her out. Just search hashtag Viana Marie. Everything will come up. Um, and make sure to visit her website at www.vianamarie.com, who is also an ambassador for Estrada Boston, <clears throat> Estrada Nair clothing line. If you want to check them out, they're popping up all over the place. They've got locations in South Shore Plaza. Opened up another one on Blue Hill Ave. I think he's got five altogether. He's going to actually be coming on the show, Brandon Grimes. Uh, Grimes, he's going to be coming on and, and hanging out with us. But we also got a music video in Are You Serious segment that features Viana Marie and myself in this video with Don Hazel. So stick around because it's definitely going to be showed in this video for you guys. Uh, heading into my news booth, uh, COVID cancel. <clears throat> the Brockton Fair has been canceled second year in a row due to COVID. Um, a lot of people are unhappy, pissed off. It's like, look, I know everybody's getting vaccinated, but, you know, they still want to be careful. I still think July 4th, a lot of things are going to be lax. We're going to be able to do a lot of stuff on July 4th. I don't think, I think, I think Memorial Day will still be locked down a little bit, but I think July 4th is going to be a good holiday. So it doesn't matter that we don't have the Brockton Fair. And in this second story, Plymouth canceled their 4th of July parade and fireworks for the second straight year. Look, you have to remember something, people. A lot of these events take a year or six months to plan for these events and get everything in order. So, to be honest, Plymouth is canceling their 4th of July parade and fireworks for second straight year due to COVID because you haven't been able to get your sponsorships. You haven't been able to get your... Um, your event organizers or your anything that has to do with this event, you haven't really had the time because nobody was committing to anything months ago because we didn't know where we were going to be. So people, it, it's not an overreaction due to COVID. It, it, it's, it's because COVID had caused these things. And that's one of the reasons 
why what's going on kevin jeffries what's going on dave haggerty in the chat i see you Vianna marines in the chat i see you so that that's kind of what's going on here with these cancellations it's it's really not also because of covid it's because you couldn't get these vendors and all of these people here for this event so um otters <laughs> in the georgia zoo have tested positive for covid19 otters have tested positive for covid19 Think about this, because we had tigers, we had other animals testing positive for COVID-19, and also, quietly, I saw a story about dogs and cats at vets now being vaccinated for COVID-19. Hmm. Hmm. So when all of these outbreaks were happening... What was the possibility of your animals bringing COVID into the house and getting the whole house infected? Because hmm? now we are vaccinating animals and animals are now testing positive for COVID, which means it was, don't even get me started. Just let me just keep going. <laughs> Moving on. The government all of a sudden wants to be truthful with us. Why? I, I just don't know why. Right now they want to confirm the authenticity of this vi latest video of this unidentified flying object which was seen and recorded, and the government has now come out, the Pentagon is now calling it a UFO. The CDC adds zombies to their website. The zombie apocalypse to the website. The CDC. And now they are telling us, you know, they're confirming authenticities of, of, of UFO. Look, 2020 and 2021 is a freaking movie. <laughs> it is a movie for all of us right now. We've got aliens... <laughs> We've got a pandemic. We've got racial social injustice. This this is this is a real life movie right now, people. This you couldn't write this script for these last two years. A racist president. Look. This is just crazy stuff. Uh moving on into the legal booth. Capitol police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt uh was a clean shoot. No charges. And I saw some people get on my page and talk about this and that. At the end of the day, she wasn't compliant. She was raiding the White House on an insurrection during a vote. She got shot. She was told to clear. She didn't clear. She tried to go through the window. She got shot. She died. She's military. She should have known better. I, you know what? I'm sorry she lost her life. But these are the things that happened. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. How many times have I heard that for every black man who's been killed by a police officer? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. The last three years, y'all been saying stuff like that. So this is what happens. Moving on. Uh, this is old news now. Derek Chauvin pled the fifth. Won't testify in his own defense. This was supposed to be a story covered, but now that we have the verdict, doesn't matter now. Found guilty. And in six weeks, we will know his fate. Um, court vindicates a black officer fired after stopping a colleague's chokehold. Carol Horn, who tried to stop an officer from applying a chokehold, was fired and fought this firing for 15 years. She won her case um, and will get her, you know, her back pay and all that stuff. A lot of people say 15 years is too long, and it is. It is, and I, but I'm glad that she's been vindicated. Um, John Pentland has started the GoFundMe for legal fees um, and 
automatically ended up changing because you can't ask for legal fees on GoFundMe. You can't. It's it's wrong. It's it's not it's not right. Kevin Jeffrey says the CDC is telling us something. You damn right. Three years ago is when they added the zombie apocalypse to the CDC as a joke on Halloween. They put it there as a joke, and then they made it official last year um, that this was this was a thing to really think about and plan for. They said they want to make sure everything's covered. Well, uh, look, I'm getting covered. I'm getting my zombie apocalypse team together. Uh, Jonathan Pentland, <laughs> if you don't know who this guy is, it was a video of a young man being harassed by another man in his neighborhood, the military neighborhood. Jonathan Pentland is in the military. He's an active guy. Uh, he stopped this young black man in his neighborhood, harassed him, put his hands on him, shoved him. Him and his wife, you know, did all types of stuff to this man on video. And um, he went to jail. Jonathan Pentland went to jail. He's now filing a GoFundMe for legal fees and stuff. You can't ask for legal fees. So shame on you, John. Shame on you. You shouldn't have did that ish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you were drunk. To, you know that? You get the alcohol balls. You think you can push and shove around everybody? No, you can't. Sorry, John. So, uh, Lifetime Oath Keeper member pled guilty in his actions in January 6th. Um, this was one of the reasons why I said nobody showed up to the White Lives Matter rallies last weekend that were all planned. Because a lot of these people, they're getting the book thrown at them. Anybody who did shit on January 6th, that insurrection... They're getting the book thrown at them. They didn't cut no deals. See, right here, they didn't cut no deals with him. They didn't cut no deals with him. He pled guilty. Now he's going to serve his time, so I'm going to be paying attention and see what he gets for a sentence. Um, I also heard that two of the Proud Boys today were found guilty. Two of the Proud Boys who were there were found guilty. So they're going to be getting the book probably thrown at them. Um, if you guys remember the guy with the mask and the painting all over his face, he's still in jail. He was denied bail. He's he's still in there and he's crying. He's getting his vegan food while he's in there, but he's still locked up. So, see about that. Uh, Ken Potter, we already broke this down with Ken and R-squared, second degree manslaughter in the Dante Wright case. She's the one who accidentally pulled her, accidentally pulled her <laughs> service revolver instead of pulling her taser out. Um, and as I said, a lot of people are crying BS on that one, but we will see because she's going to go to court, plead her case, but she's being charged with second degree manslaughter. So we'll see. All eyes on this one. Uh, Capitol officer who died after riots suffers two strokes, officials say. Um, I got to give a big shout out to Maddie Paulkus, who's always on our page. Matt Paulkus jumped on our page. The first thing he did was he called our show and tried to discredit our show and called us liars because. When this story posted, um, you know, they said that he might have sustained injuries. He, he might have died from the injuries he sustained during that attack on the insurrection. He was the officer that they pulled down and dragged his body down the steps. He was hit with a fire extinguisher and all of this stuff. Um, and then he later died. Um, and everybody was under the assumption that he died from his injuries and this and that. So Matt Paulkus gets right on the Booth Facebook page. And posts this story and tries to discredit us, calls us liars, and says he was right. The guy died of natural causes. Look, BS. First of all, Matt, you didn't read the whole story, dumbass. If you read the whole story, Officer Sicknick died after suffering two strokes. 
the medical examiner said in the story, in the story, they can't prove the blunt force trauma. But there were other things that Brian Sicknick endured during that attack on him. He was sprayed with chemical mace in his face by these insurrectionists. He was beat up. When they watched the video, you can't say, and this is what the medical examiner says, you can't pinpoint what caused these strokes to this man. You don't know. And I understand this in full. We don't know if it was him being hit with the fire extinguisher. We don't know if he had an allergic reaction to the chemical spray. But the medical examiner damn well did say in his comments that what he endured is probably the reason as to why he had these strokes and died. So when you come on my Facebook page, Matt, to try to discredit us and call us liars, read the effing story all the way through. Don't take the title of the story and then try to come at us like you know something because you don't know something. Read it. Read it because I'm a ninja with knowledge. I'm not going to sit here and let you come on here and try to play me. Because you're not going to play me, Matt. And the fact that you come on here and you try to discredit a police officer, death of a police officer, and try to say, oh, it's lies, he died in natural causes. You know how stupid you sound trying to defend the insurrections who dragged this cop down the stairs and beat him up and sprayed him with mace and hit him with a fire extinguisher? Are you really trying to justify the actions of those idiots? Get the F out of here. You want to come on my page real quick to defend people as such. So only time you come on our page, bro. Stop it. Once again, Matt, Stop it. I'm a ninja with knowledge. Every time you come for my neck, I'm breaking your blade. Next time when you come with this BS on our page, read it. Riff. Reading is fundamental. Read it in full. Then you would know what the medical examiner said about Brian Sicknick and the strokes and his death. Don't come at me with this BS on my page again because you're going to lose every time. Okay, Matt? We want to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, moving into the entertainment booth. Alma Wahlberg, mother of Mark and Donnie. Passed away, 78. Um, for those of you who watch Wahlbergers, saw Alma. She, she's very responsible for these boys. Um, as you guys saw on this show, when I interviewed... Um, Goonie, I interviewed Goonie Goo and Goonie Goo let us know on this show that that's something that nobody else knew and he said that he owes his rap career to Mark Wahlberg <laughs> Goonie Goo said back in the day when he was just starting out, just coming up he was, he was chilling with Mark and Mark was giving him advice and you know he was at the house so I would love to see Goonie Goo and see if he had posted anything about Alma Wahlberg who passed away at 78 years old. Viana Marie in the chat says, Matt, you sound mad corny. Are you kidding me right now? It doesn't matter 
what a racist ma- medical examiner says the bottom line is, if he hadn't been hitting, he wouldn't be dead right now. No, no, the, the, the medical examiner isn't racist. The medical examiner's job is to prove that, you know, what caused the stroke. And he's saying that there's multiple things that happened to Brian Sicknick during an attack that could have caused the stroke. So, in other words, you right now, the two people that are charged are the people that hit him with the fire extinguisher. But what the medical examiner is trying to say is that the people who sprayed the maze in his face that aren't that weren't charged, they could have also caused this death because he could have had an allergic reaction. So I understand where the medical examiner is coming from. You, he needs to be able to pinpoint what caused it, and I get it. He's the, the medical examiner is not racist. He's just doing his job as to pinpointing what caused the strokes that led to the death. So I get it. I get. I get what he's saying, and I and, and I you know I feel for the medical examiner who had to do this report, um, and which is why he made the comment that he made. And that was, if Brian Sicknick didn't go through this, he would be alive today. So um, maybe what should have happened is they should have charged everybody who put their hands on Brian Sicknick. Maybe that's that's where they where they messed up. Um, they only grabbed the two people with the fire extinguisher because that was the most explicit um, act of violence in that video um, that we saw. So that's that's why. So. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes definitely on that story. Um, rest in peace, Black Rob. 52 years old. One of the hottest tracks of all time. Whoa. Passed away the week after we lost DMX. This has just been tough. Just been tough. So rest in peace to Black Rob. Man, tough stuff. Also in the entertainment booth. The Fast 9 trailer dropped, but your boy sent us the one. I'm not going to lie. I'm two movies behind. Fast 9's coming out. They released the trailer, but I haven't seen 8 or 7 yet. So I got to get my ass in gear and see 8 or and 7 um, to be caught up on this one. I, I, I just, it just was getting out of hand for me, I guess is what you could say. Is that is that what I could say? Is It, it was just kind of getting far-fetched. Maybe, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. The stunts, the stuff was just getting really crazy. Really crazy with with the Fast 9 series, you know. But I'll jump back in because this trailer looks good. And um, they got John Cena. So I don't get this. John Cena is playing the brother of Vin Diesel. Now, we all know Vin Diesel is mixed. (laughs) And him and John Cena don't look like brothers at all. But I'll take it. I'll take it. But for me... John Cena's acting is horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta say it. John Cena has landed some great ass roles. He's in the he's in the new Suicide Squad. Um, he is now gonna be in Fast and the Furious Nine, the Fast Saga. But for me, John Cena is a horrible actor. What's up, Solomon Clark? What's up, boy? In the chat. Good stuff. What I'm going to do here, hey guys, I'm going to show you this trailer real quick. The Fast 9 Saga. And here's the trailer right now. The world has a way of changing. And we change too. I know some people, they would die for me. There are moments that separate us. But we always. 
always come back together. We heard y'all needed a little love out here. Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to even think about the submarines. And now we got cars flying in the air? Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Been a long time, Dom. Little brother. You always say never turn your back on family. But you turned your back on me. Now your little family is in my world. Are you ready? Whatever's on you. Is you ready? It's on us. Are you ready? He's got his own private army. We need help. What's he got? No way. Is you ready? Oh, hold for ready. So how do y'all want to play this? Fast. We going on. We going on. Hold for, hold for, ready. Okay, this is a bad time to mention this, but I don't drive. <laughs> Brother against brother. This should be interesting. But could you kill him? Are you bright for me, would you, darling? Crank it all the way up. We the soldiers. Man, we messing with Magnus now? It's good to be back. We got no white flag and no treaty. We got the product. We got the tools. We supposed to stop that? Hold on! We going wild. We on the loose. People this land. We are the truth. Yes! <laughs> I spent my entire life in your shadow. Now, you spend the rest of yours yeah! living in mine. We going wild. We on, we on, we on, we on the loose. Not today. Really, duct tape? You acting like we on our way to Home Depot? No trap.
son. It's time for you to take your place by my side. Doing a little extra in there. That is Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. And if you guys don't know what Marvel comic that is, that is actually the Master of Kung Fu comic, which was very popular in the 70s and 80s. That comic was right up there with Iron Fist. And um, now to see that brought to the MCU is great stuff. So, again, I wanted to throw that in here. Shang-Chi trailer, the Fast 9 trailer. And... um Got to move on. Moving on into the sports booth. Uh, last year's comeback quarterback of the year, Alex Smith. Actually, he was the comeback player of the year. Quarterback Alex Smith uh, held down the Washington Redskins. He was going to head over to Kansas City and be a backup over there. But it looks like he's not going to be uh, playing this year. After 16 seasons, Alex Smith is calling it quits. He's going to retire right alongside Julian Edelman. Um, it was a great story, a great way to end his career. That performance that he made this year with the Redskins was just great. So I um, want to make sure we give props to Alex Smith and bless him on his journey as he heads into retirement. Um, also in the sports booth, Antron Pippen, son of Scotty, died at age 33. Um the reasons behind his death has not been released yet as of the time that I post this story. So I don't know what's going on here with that. Uh, but there's no reason why a parent should bury their child. It's just a, a sad story. So our prayers go out to Scotty Pippen and his family and the death of his son. Uh, moving into the Biden bombshells. Uh, NASA Ingenuity Mars helicopter took flight and it succeeded. It was it was great. I watched it yesterday live and it was uh it they got it up in the air high enough. As you can see right here this picture was the shadow and they started broadcasting video back from Mars and it looked pretty weird, you know, cuz we knew of Mars as being the angry red planet, supposedly red dust and all this stuff and it actually wasn't red. It was brown from what we see. The sky looked kind of weird. Uh, there were some people in the NASA chat saying that it was fake footage. Somebody said that the helicopter was actually somewhere in the desert in Utah. Look, I don't... This is great stuff that's going on. And even though I, I, I was very critical of uh, President Donald Trump, I got to give him props on this one because President Trump, when he did get into office that first year, halfway in, one of the first things he did was he dropped a lot of money back into the NASA space program which is something that's been slacking for a very, very long time. So I got to give props where credit is due. 
um, to Donald Trump for putting that money back into NASA. Um, moving on into the Biden bombshells, Biden decides to continue putting money into NASA, and he has just approved $24.7 billion for the NASA budget in 2022, which is great stuff because uh, guys like Elon Musk and um, I forget who the other gentleman is, uh, they are both putting their private funds into the space race and they are trying to get their own transportation rockets and stuff going. Um, so when we do start to get on these planets, so one of the things that Biden wants, he wants us to go back to the moon um, and do some exploration up there as far as uh, habitat type stuff. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. If you guys uh, feel interested in this, Jump on the NASA.com website, follow them on Twitter, uh, follow them on TikTok. NASA puts a lot of great videos out there. I know for some it's it's boring, but for me, I'm a geek. I love it. I love when they go live and, and you see these things happening. Um, and this footage, this footage that's coming back from Mars is just, it's, it's incredible. It's just great stuff. It sends a chill up my body. Um, just being able to see this stuff and you know I always go back to that scene in in Transformers when they send the rover up and they go to a planet and then one of the Decepticons <laughs> attack the camera and um, it, it just cracks me up so aliens and zombie apocalypse that's one of my big things so <laughs> good stuff though um, also in Biden Bombshells, uh, the U.S. is going to sanction Russia for their interference in this election, the 2020 election, and interference in hacking. So we're going to see what's going to happen here with these sanctions. I'm pretty sure it doesn't help with the fact that Putin two weeks ago signed himself back as being president for another two years, and the person who was trying to go up against Putin is on their deathbed for a second time. <laughs> It is like I said, 2020, 2021, you can't write a script better than this. <laughs> this is unbelievable stuff. But yes, it, they will be sanctioning Russia. We're going to have to pay attention and see how these sanctions are going to go down against Russia for their interference. They're already, um, they have sanctions against them for what they did in 2016. So it's going to be real interesting. I think that I think the sanctions should be, the penalty should be a lot worse. I think it should be, like a double jeopardy type thing. So we'll see. Biden's in control this time. We'll see what they have to do and how they sanction Russia in this <clears throat> interference. And we'll go from there. Uh, before we get out of here and get into the Are You Serious segment, which is going to show the music video from Brandon Grimes. Grimes. And... Um, Quiet in the Trap is the name of the video, but I'm actually going to be trying to get him on the show sometime in May. But as you guys can see, the Sinister One production beanies right here. I got to thank everybody for purchasing a beanie and hanging out. I appreciate you. We all appreciate you. And uh, great stuff here as I go through these guys showing off their beanies. My brother actually posted a post of all his beanies. He's a big beanie fan now, so he posted all of his beanies and he had a picture of my, uh, my beanie in there. Um, but I want to thank everybody who's been out there holding it down and buying these beanies. Also, don't forget Oscar Mike Radio, Maddie C Sports for You and Me, and Happy Hour with Leto. Three podcasts that I associate with heavily and help these guys co-produce and get their stuff going. Um, 
<clears throat> Travis is actually trying to hook up with me. It's been five years. Five years ago, Travis walked up to me at a convention and talked about getting a podcast going. He had this idea for a veterans podcast. We locked it down. I told him we would have him on within a month. Within a month, we had Oscar Mike Radio on. I coached him through how to host and do what he needed to do. And Travis is now five years strong. He's got sponsors. He's got merchandise. So kudos to him. Maddie sees sports for you and me. Good stuff for him. You want to check him out. He has a replay of his show tonight with Jeff Silver from Deadliest Catch Bloodline, which is probably the first time that I got that whole thing right. Booyah! <laughs> for me. And um, check it out. Also, make sure to... Uh, <clears throat> we got some stuff coming up. We got an event on April 30th. Viana Marie is performing at the VFW in Fall River. Murder the Mic. And it's the female edition. It's going to be all women performing at this event. It is at the Fall River VFW, usual spot that we're usually at, <clears throat> on April 30th. I believe doors usually open at 7 a.m. Um, the event goes till 1, maybe 2 in the morning, so you want to make sure you head down there. Check out her music and stuff. Uh, what we're going to do here, we're going to get ready to get into this music video that features Viana Marie and Don Hazel and myself. <laughs> you guys saw the pictures that i had posted of us um shooting this video we, we actually really had a good time it was actually a pretty pretty good time um oh <clears throat> 80s 90s throwback we was at last saturday night uh was thrown at the platinum gaming center um vanessa late and danger through this event i was able to see ollie spears there and hang out they had uh platinum city gaming is a great place has old school games and stuff held it down some of the pictures are on the booth facebook page and uh i know i have some pictures on my personal page viana marie has some on her page uh everybody has it all over their instagram so you want to go check these pictures out and it was a, it was a good time it was a good time can't wait to see their next event uh, but what i'm going to do here is i'm going to let you guys see this video quiet in the trap featuring brandon grinds viana marie don hazel in myself, and then Spongebob, you're going to do us a favor and take us home after this video. I'm out of here. I got to go take some ibuprofen for my sore arm and stuff after this. Peace. I want to get this I want this
for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and Hatcherradio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, meow. You guys, meow. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstairs, but y'all think I'm playing. And I got a hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing because I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit because I got my own now. I get hot, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's your website, get your website, get your website, get your website.